how it came to be. It is unbelievable. You want to hear something crazy? Are you a Tanya Tucker fan? And that she and Shooter Jennings were going to produce this thing. Tanya thought we were nuts. I guess maybe a couple days before I came, I really didn't know if I was going to come. And I'm like, when do we start? And she said, tomorrow. Hey, we were coming in hot with this. I knew on day two or three, it was like, this music is incredible. I would say it's going to be hell. It's going to be a hellacious record. And they're going to win a Grammy. Cameras rolled as Brandy Carlisle and Shooter Jennings coaxed country legend Tanya Tucker back into the studio. At the time, they didn't know if this footage would become a film. They didn't even know if they'd wind up with an album. Now they have both. And this program tells the inside story of how it all came together. I'm Jesse Scott. Welcome to the return of Tanya Tucker. The album, While I'm Living, by Tanya Tucker, was produced by Shooter Jennings and Brandy Carlisle. I had to do this project because when I heard that Tanya Tucker hadn't made a record in the better part of 15 years, I suddenly realized how much I had forgotten and how much I think that the rest of the world has forgotten how potent um, an influence Tanya Tucker has been on women in country and rural Americana music specifically. And I wondered why they'd forgotten, and um, and I wondered why I'd forgotten. Like, the thing about Tanya is she doesn't know how great she is. She still doesn't after all this time, and that comes across in this film. And it's it, it, on one hand, it's heartbreaking, but on the other hand, to me, it was an extremely beautiful, endearing film about someone who is absolutely one of the greatest singers on the planet, in my opinion, and the kind of personal rebuild that happened through this process and the friendship between Brandy and her. The film The Return of Tanya Tucker is directed by Kathleen Haran. And in this case, there's the, the mythical Tanya that I had known about. And then there's the real Tanya. And there's aspects of the mythical Tanya that are true. But the real Tanya went above and beyond and was one of those moments where it was like, thank God I met my hero because she's more than I could have possibly imagined. And the legendary country artist who brought them all together is the one and only Tanya Tucker. I have to say I really enjoyed this project. There were times when, you know, I'm used to 40, what, 47 years doing it. I, there were times when I didn't think that maybe I could really nail a song or really take it anywhere that it hadn't already been and uh, make it any better. Uh, my dad told me a long time ago when I was a kid, he said, you know, certain songs you don't need to get around. Her earliest musical discoveries were provided by the local radio station where she grew up in Wilcox, Arizona. You're listening to KHIL Radio. KHIL 98.1 FM and 12.50 AM, Wilcox, Arizona. Hello, Wilcox, this is Tanya Tucker, and you're listening to the station I always listened to when I was a kid, KHIL. And you know, my choice of country music, which I think that was part because my dad liked country music, my parents liked it, and there was a country radio station in, in Wilcox, Arizona, which is where I started basically singing when I was a kid. I wonder sometimes if it's Cahill Radio, K-H-I-L, I wonder sometimes, I think, what if it had been a rock and roll station? You know, would it be the same? Um, 
But then I'm like, never mind, it don't matter because, you know, it's the way it is. What it is is the way it is. The family record player also played a role. But then again, you know, I remember the record player on the floor uh, with the records around it, 45s, and it was Elvis, there was Frank Sinatra, uh, Strangers in the Night, and there'd be a Loretta Lynn, there'd be a George Jones. Tanya had her first hit records when she was 13, so obviously she learned to sing at a very young age, thanks to the encouragement from her father. Uh, he was sort of my mentor, my coach. He do it again, put it in there like Hank Williams would, you know. You're a, a girl and you're a nine-year-old girl. He said, so that means you're gonna have to sing it with twice as much feeling um, as the person that recorded it. For instance, like Loretta Lynn or, or, or I did a lot of her songs, Connie Smith. So I just laid it in there. He said, lay it in there like Woodbury soap wouldn't wash it off. And uh, he really uh, was right. Because who's going to believe a nine-year-old kid singing, Well, you ain't woman enough to take my man. You know, it's just not, it ain't right. You know. Uh, and so that's when, when, I, when, when we came out with Delta Dawn, my producer, Billy Sherrill, at, at Columbia in 1972, when the record came out, I was 13. So he told everybody, I heard him telling somebody on the phone, uh, I don't want anybody to know she's 13 years old. I want the record to make it because it's a great record. And they can find that out later. But right now, I just want her to, uh, them to not know how young she is. Delta Dawn was her first of many hits. Its impact remains strong 20 years later when a young girl growing up in Washington State heard Delta Dawn for the first time. Here's Brandy Carlisle. As a child, the first song I ever sang out of the gate was called Tennessee Flat Top Box by Roseanne Cash. And I, I wanted that song because I felt like Roseanne Cash had an unusually deep voice for a woman. And I wanted to sound like that. And then I heard Delta Dawn, and then What's Your Mom's Name Child, and then San Antonio Stroll, and then Strong Enough to Bend, and then Last Teardrop, and then Two Sparrows in a Hurricane. And I thought, no one sounds as tough as Tanny Tucker. You know, Wanda Jackson sound pretty tough, but nobody sounds as tough as Tanya Tucker, and I want to sound tough. You know, I don't want to sound sweet or demure. I, I want to be a tough girl. So I know I'm not alone in that. When I look at country singers kind of hovering around my age or even younger in their 20s, I look at Maren Morris, I look at Miranda Lambert, um, I look at Casey Musgraves. I think there's a toughness to them, an edge to them. I think if you asked them where it came from, they might be able to acknowledge Tandy Tucker in some way, and the younger ones might not even know that's where it came from because it influenced um, a, a, an in-between artist like, say, Trisha Yearwood or Faith Hill. Tanya's in all of us. Tanya's voice is in all of us that sing country music, and it's time for us to do an about-face and recognize that. Tanya Tucker's influence on Brandy Carlisle extended beyond music. Yeah, I looked to Tanya Tucker for inspiration um, as a young girl because she was so tough. She sounded so tough. Any footage that you ever saw of her, she looked like Elvis. She was always wearing some jumpsuit with some wide gates standing there with her legs apart, just looking like an absolute beast in a bar fight. Oh, yeah, I met Elvis, yeah. And um, I, I did rip a lot of stuff off from him, copied him a lot. Still do. I was one of his very favorites, so uh, I was happy. He said, that's a little, little female Elvis right there. So I love that. And I don't know why I connected with that. Actually, I do know why I connected that, but I didn't know why I connected with her so much at the time as a 9, 10, 11-year-old girl. 
But I knew that my gender was just slightly out of step with the rest of the people in my town and my school and my family. And it wasn't out of step with Tanya. And so her life was always inspiring to me, like her rebel rebellious and boundary pushing side resonated beyond the music. And so for that, you know, pushing the social norms. And I also grew up queer in the deep South and she was an icon for us in a lot of ways as this boundary pushing kind of misfit that we all gravitated towards. And she gave us like, I think a lot of hope and a lot of strength and her toughness resonated for me just like it did with Brandy. And I know Tanya's uh, not gay, but she is pretty butch. She's a total boss lady. And there's something about Tanya's gender presentation that doesn't just speak to me, but so many queer people. She's a queer icon, and she's absolutely beloved by LGBTQIA plus people all over the world. She sang these really wild stories and Southern Gothic type stories that were extremely compelling, like Blood Red going down, What's Your Mama's Name? I think those of us at a certain age, uh, Delta Dawn, one of her biggest hits when she was 13, has become like an infused uh, song in my mind probably, you know, since I was very young. I think my favorite record that I've done, and it's, it's really hard to say that, but it, I'm just going to stick with Delta Dawn because it was my very first. I mean, I've had other records I love too, of course, but uh, and that were probably more successful. But just all in, a, all in a nutshell, that's the one because I still love the song and I like singing it. I never get tired of singing it. And I've sung it a bunch. Uh, and I think that's why it's important for me to always record songs that I really like. Because I don't want, uh, there's been a few times when I've had just a few hiccups and exceptions um, where I had, I was recording for one reason or another a song I didn't really like. And I don't like doing that because I'm the one that has to sing it the rest of my life. You're listening to The Return of Tanya Tucker. More film details and release dates are online at thereturnoftanyatucker.com. This program is produced by Andy Kahn and Eric Molk at True Tone Media Group. I'm your host, Jesse Scott, and thanks for listening.